Hi, I'm James Gardner, host of Your History, Your Story, a podcast for everybody who loves stories about interesting people and events told by those who uncovered them from within their own family trees. This, we hope, will inspire you to discover and celebrate your history and your story. In today's episode, Rudy's, where neighbors become family, we will be speaking with Tony Benanti, the owner of Rudy's Bakery and Cafe, located in the Ridgewood section of Queens, New York, close to the border of Brooklyn. Tony immigrated from Italy as a young teenager and worked alongside her uncle in the family bakery business. Not only did Tony have to learn the English language, but she also had to learn all aspects of the bakery business and sought to develop relationships with the bakery's customers and neighbors. Following her uncle Ralph's passing 18 years ago, Tony became the new owner of the family business. Over the years, Rudy's Bakery and Cafe has built many relationships. This year, 2021, they celebrated 40 years in their community. Tony considers Rudy's neighbors and customers as her family, and it shows each and every day as she provides a warm welcome to all who come through the door of her beloved bakery and cafe. Tony is here today to tell her story. I'd like to welcome Tony Benanti to our show. Welcome, Tony. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you bet. So we're here to talk about the story of Rudy's in Ridgewood, Queens, New York. It's a famous bakery and cafe. I'm so excited to have you as a guest on our show, Tony. I'm excited and nervous at the same time. So, Tony, your family, I understand, celebrated an anniversary. How many years has your family owned Rudy's? 40 years. Congratulations. Thank you so much. That is terrific. I want to start off by asking you, do you know anything about when Rudy's originally came to Ridgewood, Queens? The only thing I know that it was opened in the 30s. I really don't know that much of history. I know it was in a German-American bakery because Ridgewood was always predominantly Germans. You know, I know the gentleman's name, his name was Rudolf. Rudolf, that makes sense. Short yes. to Rudy's. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony, your uncle, I understand, is the one yeah. who originally purchased Rudy's. Could you tell us a little about his story and how he came to purchase Rudy's? Well, before he purchased Rudy, he owned another bakery in, a, in Astoria. He had grown out of that bakery, it was too small for him, and he wanted to be challenged and he wanted to open up another bakery. When he found out that Rudy was for sale, he jumped on it because he just fell in love with the recipe, fell in love with the neighborhood. And he knew that I had, a, I had an interest of um, learning how to bake and follow his footstep. So when Rudy went for sale, when he found out through the, through the baker's um, union, I guess, through Grapevine, he did purchase Rudy. I think we were supposed to buy in 1979 or 1979, I think he started looking at it. And uh, he basically asked me if I would stay with him and he would teach me the trade. And I said, you know what? This is an offer I can't refuse. <laughs> so, like, you know, you don't get that kind of a chance. You know, people are asking you, do you want to do that? So I said, yeah, let's try it. But I can't promise you how many years I'm going to give you probably will be five years because I want to move on. And he's like, fine, I'll take the five years. Tony, that's a great story, but I want to back up a little more. 
where were you and your uncle from? Can you tell us about your journey before that happened? My uncle was born in Naples, uh, the south of Italy. And I was born in another town, which is even southern than Naples, which is a province of Avellino. And uh, my uncle, he immigrated here with a trade and his trade was a baker. And he landed in New York and he went to work in different bakeries to learn the trade. And uh, one day he said, I'm gonna learn, but I don't wanna work for anybody. I wanna work for myself. And I believe in 1960, he opened up his first bakery, which was in Astoria. Mm-hmm. And he had that for 20 years. I immigrant from Italy, early seventies. And I was this young teenager and I was looking for a part-time job. And my uncle gave me the opportunity to start working in the bakery, making boxes, cleaning, being a helper for the bakers. And that was my first job. And it's been my only job. Wow. I've never worked for anybody other than my uncle. And then when he passed on, I took over the bakery and I've been my own boss. So let me ask you this, which boss was tougher, your uncle or yourself? Um, I think myself. (laughs) I think myself because I want to make him proud and I'm hard on myself. Uh, Tony, I'm curious, what age were you when you came here? 13 and a half. 13 and a half. Who did you come over with? And obviously you, right, I believe you didn't speak the language when you came to this country. What did you do? How was that? Uh, it was a challenge. I didn't even know one word in English. I was supposed to come here with my parents, but then my dad came here first and I was left behind with my mom. Then I was supposed to come here with my mom my dad took ill. He came back to Italy thinking he was going to get better and that we were all going to come back to America. But so then not to lose the school year, they sent me here to live with my sister. Basically, my sister and my brother, my guardians. And uh, my parents never came back because my dad chose not to come back to America. And I came here. My, I, my brother and my sister raised me. They did. Did you ever consider going back to Italy to live? I was too young to know what was happening. Back then, I was just too, I was confused. I was too young, thinking my parents were coming. When I realized that my parents weren't coming, at that point, if I would have went back, I said, I have to start all over again. So might as well, I start here. I started going to school. It was a big challenge. I didn't know a word of English. They put you in this classroom with English English speaking. But I was determined to learn it. I, I took every help, every tutoring, every time I could use how to speak English, I would do it. And I guess that was my challenge because I was like, I have to do it. And that's been my whole life. Like, you know, I always want to do more and that's why I'm so hard on myself. Well, you were really gaining momentum, I guess, because you did say you started to work with your uncle. Was that pretty soon after you came to this country? Yeah, within the year, I probably... Within 12 to 14 months, I started working in a bakery because I was bored. My sisters, my brother were working. They didn't want to leave me home alone. So they basically asked my uncle, because I was a teenager, you know, do you have things for her to do? So basically, they put me there for him to babysit me. But to you to babysit, you had to earn for him to watch you. So I would just help out to do any chores, anything I did, because I was this preteen I was. So that's when I started liking it. I'm like, oh, that's easy to do that. Oh, let me do that. 
let me do that. And he saw that I wanted to learn. And every day, every week, he would put something else for me to do. And I remember my first test, I guess, for my uncle was he wanted to take his son, my cousin, Michael, to Disney. And he couldn't leave anybody at the bakery. And there I was, 16 and a half years old. He said, I'm going to Florida. And you're going to take over the bakery. And you're going to watch my bakery. <laughs> that was a challenge. I think I didn't sleep for two weeks. I don't think I slept. Tony, let me understand this. You were only in the country for a little over two years at that point. How was your English at that time? Uh, I always said I spoke better English then than now. <laughs> but here you are, you're running the store, 16 years old. You speak some English, but not a whole lot. How did that go? How was that was it a week or two? How long were they gone? They were gone for two weeks because my aunt would not fly. So they had to drive to Florida. Oh, no. <laughs> so it was a challenge. And every day I wrote everything down. I would write it in English and in Italian. Whatever happened at the bakery, what, you know, the sales, if there was a complaint and he wrote everything down for me. And that's, I think, when he saw in me, you know what, this kid could do it and she could do it. I have to throw things at her because the more I throw at her, the more she's going she's gonna to do it. And that's what he did. I guess he knew me better than I knew myself. That's the best way to learn, though, being thrown right in, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So at that point, you started to take a more active role, I guess, in the yes. running yes. of the bakery? Yes. Think about it. Was that good or that was bad? Because I took too much responsibility of me. By the time I was like 19 years old, he introduced me to Rudy. Because when I came here, I was... 19 years old when I came to Rudy's and I went from this little bakery with one salesperson and me to like seven or eight bakers, seven or eight salesperson. And it was like, oh my God, how do I do this? So Tony, when you were substituting for your uncle at that bakery, that was the bakery that your uncle owned prior to Rudy's. Yes. Ah, so now Rudy's is a bigger bakery. Did I understand that your uncle, just prior to buying Rudy's, sent you on a scouting mission? Yes. He sent me to go work in different bakery, not knowing that he knew the owners. He would tell the owners, I'm going to send my niece and just let her do this or let her be by the oven or let her be by, you know, by the bench, by the mixer. Because back then, as a baker, you had, you know, today everybody's a pastry chef. Back then you were a trade. So whether you were by the oven, whether you were by the mixes. So I didn't realize that he was sent me there to work to learn the recipe, not knowing that he has spoken to them, see what she's capable of doing. Only like later on in life, he told me, he says, what do you think? I just sent you to go to work someplace. Why would I do that? Unless, you know, you have to learn the trade. And I'm like, really? You know the owner? But I found out he did that just to see if he could break me, what I would learn, what I could learn, what I didn't want to learn, if I was punctual, if I was honest with him, he tested me all the time. Did, and did he also gather some information about Rudy's before he bought it? Did you have to sort of tell him what you knew? He was a type that he would make his own decision. You couldn't make the decision for him, but he respected your, your decision. He expected, he would ask you, 
you know, and he would say, okay, what do you think? So he did take me to two other bakery plus Rudy's to see which one I felt more comfortable. He felt more comfortable, but he already made the decision and he probably already made the deal. I was just needed to, to see what he thought of me. So when I, we took to the two bakery, I didn't like the area. I didn't feel comfortable. I didn't like the surrounding. When he took me to Rudy, I just fell in love with Rudy. I fell in love with the community. I believe it was my aunt and him and I, we parked the car, we walking down the street and I was like, wow, Ridgewood is like Europe. It reminds me because I heard different nationality speaking. And I said, this is a neighborhood. And then when I walked into Rudy's and I saw how welcoming was the people that working and, you know, other than the, the, the people working here, the workers looked at you funny saying, who are these people walking through the bakery? What's going on? Because back then you didn't say anything. And when I went out, he says, so what do you think out of the three bakery? And I said, to tell you the truth, I hope you buy Rudy's because I really, really love Rudy's. And he goes, oh, okay. He goes, I already bought it. Ah, there you go. There's proof. <laughs> I was like, okay, okay. When do we start? And he's like, we're starting soon. Wow. So he respected your opinion, but he had already made his decision. He, him and his family already made the decision. Oh, that's great. So now you're working there. You're starting to become more familiar with the neighborhood. Did you get to really start to know the people in the neighborhood when you were working there for a while at Rudy's? First day I walked into this bakery. They had a lot of questions about us because we're Italian and we bought a German bakery and in a German neighborhood. And the people that we bought it from, they had owned the bakery, I believe like 30 years. And it was father and son. So they were father, the son, the son's wife, the children were working here. So there was like seven members of the family working here. And suddenly now this new family, an uncle and a niece came into this bakery, not German. We didn't speak a word of German and they felt we were going to change Rudy's. But I have to tell you from the first day, I think as much as they had questions for us, they fell in love with us. They fell in love with my uncle. They fell in love with the, our family. As much as people came in and asked us, are you going to keep the same tradition recipes? Are you going to change anything? You're changing the name. Are you doing this? Are you doing that? They had a lot of questions, I guess, and they were scared. There were a lot of rumors, but those rumors stopped. Within a month, I think, they just stopped. They were like, you have to go see the new family. They're great. They're doing a great job. Were you sticking to the German recipes and things like that? Or did you add any of your own or any Italian recipes into it? We never added anything Italian in here. We kept the majority. I want to say probably 99% of Rudy's recipe. We kept it when we started. But of course, we added our own recipe that my uncle had. I call it my uncle recipes because they were his. We added them on now that we took it off. But within the years, we have added other things. We have removed it because the neighbor has changed. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if something didn't go, we didn't want to put it on a shelf. We didn't want to sell it. But no, we still stuck with, with the same recipe. Well, yeah, that's good business. You're not going to put something out and have it spoiled because nobody's no. buying no. it, right? No. Your uncle and you have become part of the neighborhood at this point. Yes. Uh, would you say you... 
you had and have a lot of regulars who come into your cafe bakery? I've had the first person that I took care in March 17 in 1981 still comes to my bakery. And he gave me a tough time then. Now I give him a tough time. I tell him, you gave me a tough day that the first day. Now it's payback. Now I treat you like that. <laughs> yes. I have a lot of regulars. I have a lot of people been coming to me. They've been supporting my family for 40 years. Faithfully, faithfully, I could tell you. Oh, that's wonderful. You said your uncle had become a trained baker. He came here and he learned the yes. trade. When you came to this country first, did you have any experience with baking or, or is that something your uncle had Absolutely to not. I wanted to travel the world. <laughs> That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to travel. I wanted to do nothing like baking. It was never in my, in my vocabulary. I never baked anything. I was this little shy person. <laughs> Were your mother or father good cooks or bakers? I mean, my mom was in Italian, you cook. She was a great cook, but baking, I don't remember her baking cakes. No, no, it's not in my genes. <laughs> but you learned it anyway, didn't you? I learned it because I guess my uncle was my mentor. I was like, I guess everything fitted in. You know, he was, he was an immigrant. He came here when he was younger. He started his life in the baking. And I felt like I wanted to, because he had lived my life. You know, it was like I could, I could associate with that. You know, I was like, okay, so I need to go to trade school. You know, back then you didn't hear when I was growing up, everybody was going to trade school. Who was learning to become a beautician? Who was learning how to become a pizza guy? Who was learning to become a baker? You know, in the 70s, those were a trade was the number one. Mm -hmm. And I guess I knew I had to figure it out how to, how to make a living. So I was like, you know what? Why not? Let's see what happens. Let me try this out. But again, I only gave my uncle five years and it's 40 years late. I'm still, I'm still doing it. <laughs> You've more than paid back the babysitting fee that he's charging you, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> now I know sadly your uncle did pass away. How long ago was that? It will be 18 years. 18 years. So can you tell our listeners something about that transition where he was Rudy's and now you're Rudy's? What was that like? It was, um, it was very hard. It was very hard because, you know, in our family, the bakery is a stable because he always was the uncle that, you know, we didn't ever have to worry about dessert. Every holiday, every occasion, Every get together, every sad, anything, Uncle Ralph would always come with boxes of treats. And what does dessert do? Gets people around the table. Yes. And keeps the family together, united. He was the, the unite of all of us. Any place we went. Okay, Uncle Ralph is going to bring the dessert. We never had to worry about that. When Uncle Ralph died, we felt like, okay, Rudy's dying because we didn't know what was happening. And uh, my cousin and I, we decided, what are we going to do? Do we stay? Do we sell it? But if we sell it, what are we doing? Like, you know, we're going to let him down. 
So we had to make some decision. And uh, the decision was, you know, we kept asking questions if we sell it, how we would live with ourselves, what we would do. So I stepped up and I said, I think I could handle it. I think I'm ready because you would always tell us, one of the words you would always tell me and his, his son would be, don't worry, I'm never leaving you guys. I will leave you guys when I know you guys are ready. So you were ready. I guess we were ready. I guess we, he knew we were ready and he fought, fought, fought. And I guess he knew, he knew where, where he had to go. So I decided to stay on board. I don't call it my bakery. I call it our family business. Yes. So Rudy is our family business. Definitely. You mentioned that your uncle Ralph was sort of that glue that kept everybody together and got people around the table. One of the goals of this podcast is to get people telling stories about family. And I think two of the things that get family around the table and keep them there are stories and food. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, I agree with you. Yeah. And so I guess with him gone, you still had the bakery, you had the business, and you still have a sense of his heart in that bakery. Yes. It will always be you. Yeah. And it's still there. You carried the torch. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's a place that if we have a bad time, if we have some sad time, Anybody walks into the bakery, whether it's a member of family, friends, customers, they come in and they say, this place is a happy place. It is a happy place. I wanted to continue to talk about the neighborhood and what Rudy's means to the neighborhood. When you and I had spoken previously, you mentioned about some people coming in, actually a gentleman who came into your store. I think he was traveling on business. and. Yes. You had a discussion with him and it was quite interesting. Can you tell us about that? Yes, I was behind. I'm always behind the counter. I don't know. I'm in the back, behind the counter, on the phone. I'm all over. You're somewhere. I'm somewhere around the building. A gentleman walks in and probably was in the 30s. Starts telling me a story that his opa and oma lived in Ridgewood. And he was on a business trip going through New York. And he wanted to surprise his oma that she was living with his mom or with his aunt. And he says, I want to surprise them and I want to buy them cake. So through the conversations, but I'm a little bit confused. I don't remember what they used to buy, but I have to buy something. I don't know. What did he say? And I said to him, I said, what was your grandma or my opa name? What did they buy? Where did they live? He goes, they lived in Canalia. And I remember a customer of mine lived in Canalia. The husband had passed away and she had moved with the daughter. And I said, by any chance, your grandmother and your grandfather, so-and-so, and he's like, oh my God, yes, how do you know that? And he goes, and how did you know who they were? And I said, well, the way you told me the story, I figured it out because I know Mrs. Schmidt lost her husband and she went to live with our, with our daughter. And he was just like <laughs> memorized. I don't know when he left if he thought I was the psychic or this weird person. I don't know what he thought. But later on, two days later, my pastry chef said to me, Tony, somebody left a review on Facebook. He literally wrote the story and put it on Facebook that he couldn't believe. He didn't know I was the owner. He just thought I was the salesperson. He said, I can't believe the salesperson through the conversation knew my grandparents. 
Uh, it's funny when you say about he thought you were the salesperson behind the yes. counter. Isn't that a common mistake people make because you're always working, right? Yes. A lot of people don't even know I'm the owner. They're like, you're the owner of Rudy's? And I'm like, yes. And they're like, I think they, they have a different opinion or they think it's a different person owning Rudy's. They don't think that the owner of Rudy's, first of all, is a female. And second of all, that she's always the one open up the door and she's the one who closes the door. So I think they, they're a little bit confused about that. Uh, don't people come in also and you know automatically most of the time what Absolutely. it is that they want? Every, every time, every time. And I correct the orders according, if my girl takes an order and they leave the name, I'm like, no, that's not what she wants. She wants this. And I correct it all the time. And they look at me and they're like, that's why we don't take orders because you know, even without asking them. Now, also, I remember hearing a story about a lady who was perhaps retiring or moving away and that she actually wanted to leave you with some yes. things from her. Can you tell us about yes. that? I fell in love with this lady because her fashion was impeccable. When I met her, I believe she was, she must have been in the, in the late 40s when I met her. And she would come in every Friday morning wearing a hat, a pocketbook on her arm, gloves and she will walk into the bakery take off her gloves and she would say so tony today's friday did you make the old-fashioned german butter cake so one day i said you know one day I'm, I'm gonna make it on monday not on a friday we started laughing and i fell in love with her because her name is filomena mm. an italian name with a german lady i just fell in love with her so through the years probably 37 years I took care of her. Every Friday, she would go to her beauty parlor, come to Rudy's, get her butter cake. And she comes to me one day and she says, Tony, I can't live alone any longer. I'm moving to Arizona with my great niece. But before I leave, I have something for you. Will you accept my gift? And I said, absolutely. She says, only, I would only give it to you if you leave it in a bakery. And I said, okay. But I said, as long as when I sell it, it comes with me. I'm thinking, no wonder what she's going to bring me. Well, she gave me a set of oil and vinegar, salt and pepper, old-fashioned ceramic. She said her mother bought it from Germany. Aww. She bought it. And then after she saw the way I was like really, I was really touched. Not only that it was her mother, now she had it. And out of all the people, she chose to give it to me. She says, because you're an Italian, I know you make a lot of salad, so you're going to have this. And then two weeks later, she walked in here and she gave me one of those uh, uh, coal iron, I believe, where you put the coal in it. And she says, it's an antique. This is what we used to use. I wanted you to have it and put it in a bakery. I collect, I put all my old scales, oven, flour bin, Anything old that I have in the bakery that we can't use anymore now, because everything is computerized, I have it in the, in the window or I have it around the bakery. So she knew I had this and she said, that one, I want you to put it in the bakery. So these are the things that stay with me. I mean, I've got more, a lot more gift, but this was something that touched me because she, it was our mother. 
Yeah, that's an extremely personal thing to do to, to trust you with something that was her mom's. Exactly, exactly. Funny when you when you hear that, usually people leave stuff like that to family. So she obviously considered you as family. Yes, I guess I, I guess so. Yes, yes. I mean, she came to ask me first. And then I was like, absolutely. And then she came and I guess she saw I was really moved. And every once in a while, our niece sends me through Facebook a message saying that Philomena's still doing well. And she still wish she lived in Ridgewood. And she sends your regards. Wow. And one thing I wanted to back up a little bit. You said butter cake. That just sounds amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> That's a very old-fashioned recipe, the German butter cake. Oh, my goodness. Now, I have in my notes from when you and I spoke something about somebody being 100 years old. Yes, my friend Elsie. I met Elsie 40 years ago. She used to live six months in New York and six months in Florida. And when she would come from Florida, she would call me from Florida to tell me, Tony, this is Elsie. I'm coming to New York next week. So I'm coming to visit you. You have to make my pound cake. <laughs> and she would put the order from Florida. And of course, Elsie celebrated her 100th birthday. And I used to always tell her every year. And she, she was a fashionista. I used to say to her, Elsie, when I'm 80, I want to look just like you. When I'm 90, I want to look just like you. Where my lipstick? So the last five years, she's been bedridden, wheelchair, but her son still brings her out, brings it to me. I carry things to the car for her. They call me and the girls make fun of me. They're like, there goes Tony at the door going to see Elsie. So I said to Elsie, I said, Elsie, the rules I have in the bakery, when any of my customers reach 100, they're not paying for the cake. <laughs> well, Elsie just turned 100. And Elsie remembered that I promised her a cake. <laughs> not only that I promised her a cake, she tells me how to make the cake. She tells you how to make home. Oh, how to make our cake. Because every once in a while, she will go shopping someplace else. And she says, and that she didn't like them. So she, I have to make it the way she wants it. It's my cake, but she tells me how to make it. <laughs> so I have to yes to that. And I have to say, yes, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it. But she has to tell me. <laughs> she just celebrated her birthday. I believe it's March 14th. I'm not 100% sure, but it's, it's around my anniversary. So when I hit 100 in a couple of years, I can come in for a cake? Yes, absolutely. I'll be more than glad to make it for you. Well, I can't help but resist now that we're talking about cakes. What are some of the most popular items that you sell at Rudy's? Our popular item has to be our coffee rings, like uh, which we make them in different flavor. Our butter cake, our black forest cake, just people go crazy. Our beanish stick which became like a stable. A lot of these cakes, what I had to do with, to make people taste it, what I did is, and that's something that I'm very proud of it, I decided to do this. It was a, it was a very scary time to me to do it, was to make the cake, to making them individual. People didn't know what a beanish stick was because they didn't want to buy the whole cake. 
but people will buy two or three slices. Yes. So I took all my German cakes, and what I did is I transformed them all into individual. A lot more work, a lot more timing. You probably have to put an extra baker, but I felt that's what I needed to do because I didn't want people to look at a regular coffee ring and say, oh, that's just like the same coffee ring I buy in a, in a commercial place. Oh, that's a coffee ring that you buy in any other bakery. I wanted them to taste it first and then make a decision if mine was exactly like theirs. And then I call it my uncle invention <laughs> and creative was a strudel. One day we had a bad day. We didn't know what to do in the back. So we started putting things together and we came up with these strudel. And let me tell you, thank God we had a bad day because those strudel pieces became our trademark right now. Uh-huh. We make them in three or four different flavors and everybody goes crazy for it. They're flying off the shelves. Yes. Yes. Oh, great. Do you have a personal favorite? Yes. My apple turnover. Nobody could touch those. Oh. That's one of that's my weakness. I mean, I have a lot more, but if I'm having a bad day and I'm going to grab something, I won't go for anything else other than, okay, apple turnover. And especially when they're first coming out of the oven. You can just smell it now. <laughs> that has to be one of my, one of my favorites, the apple turnover, Ed's down. One of the things I wanted to talk about was Christmas time and some of the goodies that go back kind of to the German roots of the bakery. And one of those things are the gingerbread Santas and Hansel and Gretel too, I understand. Yes. We make the large Santa, the small Santa, and then we make the Hansel and Gretel. When is the best time to come in for an order of Santas? Well, has to be right after Thanksgiving because they come out right the week after Thanksgiving because a lot of them use it for St. Nick. December 6th, I believe. Yes. And then it goes through Christmas because a lot of them use it as a stocking stuffer. Got it. And it's a tradition. You give them out. If I would not make those, I think I would, then they really would say Rudy's not Rudy any longer. Going back about the story about the Santas, what I want to insinuate about Rudy's, what makes Rudy so different is that we do things occasion and we do things seasonal. So like friends, you won't find the Santa Claus gingerbread before Thanksgiving, because before Thanksgiving, we work about Thanksgiving. We worry about other items, you know, pies and other items. So after January, I'm not making gingerbread anymore. So then we go into a different route. So that's what makes Rudy's so different. The stuff that you find, people visit Rudy's in December, and then people will, same people will visit Rudy's in February, not going to find the same items. Like they're not going to find that. And that's why I think what makes Rudy a little bit different than any other bakery. And at Christmas time, don't forget, order early. I am on it this year. I am not slipping there. I might even come get it myself. Okay, I'll be waiting for you. <laughs> you know, because I go, sometimes I hear people saying, oh, do you have pumpkin pie in the middle of July? And I'm like, pumpkin pie in the middle of July? I should be making peach cake in the middle of July. Not pumpkin pie. I got, I got peaches. Why would I make pumpkin if I have peaches in August? 
In September, we make the plum cake because it's Oktoberfest. So we have to make plum cake. We can't be making coconut custard pie. So that's what I think people don't understand. And like, you know, I try to tell people, Rudy is totally different. We're in a different ball game here. You know, the pride that you have for Rudy's, it just sort of pours out of you. And I can't help but think how happy your Uncle Ralph would be right now. Because it's not just a business. It's not just a job. It's your heart. And you care deeply for your customers and your neighborhood. And I think that's wonderful. I do. I do. My neighborhood is my... I, I will do anything for this neighborhood. I tell people. I mean, and from the time you, you and I spoke to now, there within less than a month we spoke, there are so many stories that just happened within these three weeks that... It just like makes me say, how do I, the toughest thing will be like, how do I say goodbye when I need to say goodbye? How do I do this? This is my heart because my, my customers, my neighborhood, Ridgewood is, makes Rudy's. It does. It does. I don't know, Tony, if you have a second to share one of those stories, do you? (laughs) Yes. The first story that I forgot to tell you was my jelly donuts. Rudy's Jelly Donuts made a marriage. Did? Do tell. (laughs) So there was a gentleman. I totally forgot about that story. And the reason why I'm telling you now, they brought their kids to the bakery a week ago to introduce them to me. Really? Because my Jelly Donuts made mommy and daddy meet. Really? How? So there was a gentleman that he had season ticket. Can we say the, the team? Sure. My favorite team, by the way. <laughs> to a season ticket to the Mets. Oh, terrific. Good. So every week when you would go on a Friday, every week, different person, I guess they had like the little cubicle, like six people, I say, in their little section, they would have to bring stuff in from their favorite bakery, from their favorite restaurant. So instead of them buying things there, they would bring stuff in. So this gentleman owned the business on Myrtle. He would come in and I would talk to him and he would say, and I would say to him, Richard, going to the Met game? Like, yep, Tony, bring your jelly donuts. So I would make a box of 12 jelly donuts. He would bring it to the Mets. Mm-hmm. So one day he turned around and the person that he was supposed to give the jelly donut, it's not there. There's another guy sitting there and he would go there with his daughter. The guy says, oh, he goes, you must look for my uncle. My uncle didn't make it. So he gave me the ticket. I'm here. He goes, oh, by the way, I'm so-and-so. So he goes, oh, I have a jelly donut. He had his daughter there. Mm-hmm. They started talking. Well, through my jelly donuts, chemistry happened. They got married. Oh, cool. After they got married, they didn't want a wedding cake. They wanted to give everybody the dessert and everybody get jelly donuts. <laughs> so I had to make, this was like over, I guess they married over 10 years. I had to make jelly donuts, put them in a box, gift wrap them, each one of them. They didn't want to have no cake. They gave everybody favor, jelly donuts. Wow, I love that story. They had children. Mm-hmm. They moved out of Queens. And through the pandemic, they came to visit Rudy's. The father brings Rudy to the kids. And I said, oh my God, the kids got so big, started talking to them. So the dad goes to the, the little boy, he goes, you know this lady? Because of hot jelly donuts, 
That's how I met mommy. And the little kid looks at me like saying, what does this lady has to do with mommy? Yeah, how, how does this work? Well, that's one of the stories. Oh, that's great. And the other one I'm going to share you is just yesterday. Lady walks in. I still don't know who she is because she wore a mask. She didn't take off her mask. And I didn't want to tell her, can you take off your mask? She says, hi, Tony. She says, my grandson loves your cheesecake so much that that's the only thing I have to bring him is that he told me how much he loves Tony and how much he loves Rudy's. So in my free time, I made a picture of Rudy's. I painted a picture of Rudy's in front of Rudy's. I will give it to you only if you put it in the bakery. I said, absolutely. I went off on my wall. I removed one of my cetacean award. <laughs> I figured I have them. I have so many of them. Let me remove one. I removed it. And I said, I'm going to put it right there because right now everything is closed through the pandemic. The mm -hmm. cafe is closed. I said, I'm going to put it right on that wall. So every morning when I walk in, I'm going to look at it. It is absolutely beautiful. And there is no price on this painting that I got from this customer of mine. Oh, that painting was worth probably 10 of the awards you got, right? Yes, absolutely. She wrapped it up. She gave it to me with all her heart. And then after I gave her some cookies to take home to share with our family. And our daughter goes, mom, look, you made something for Tony. Now Tony's giving you cookies to share with us. These are stories like I can't, it just brings, this one makes me who I am and makes me bake even better. I love those stories, Tony. That leads me to this question. And this isn't an easy question, but how has being part of Rudy's for these past 40 years impacted your life? It's been, it's been like a roller coaster. I have to tell you. Sometimes I feel that I give more to the bakery, to the community, to even to myself. Because I feel like they were there for me. I need to be there for them. And especially this year, it's been the hardest challenge of my life. The pandemic. Through the pandemic, through the roller coasting that I had to fear, you know, I have mixed motion, all the stuff happening, the idea of thinking if I had to close Rudy's, what I had to do to keep my working family safe as long as I had to keep myself safe. Yes. It was one of the hardest. It was as scary as was the day I first walked into Rudy's. That's well said. I mean, you were balancing 40 years of investment of your time and your life and the love of your community, the, the people who are your friends, the people who have been part of your business, your employees, and you had to sort of balance that with keeping healthy and keeping safe for you and your family. That must've been a very, very, very difficult time. And I know we're still in the middle of it, but. We are, and it's every single day. And the only thing that kept me going was when I would hear sad stories, I knew that a little part of Rudy's could have put a smile on their face, it made me happy. You know, when their loved ones couldn't be together and somehow I was able to deliver a piece of Rudy's there to put a smile on it. 
whatever occasion they were going through, it couldn't be there. It was, I guess that's what kept me going. Mm. And the reason why I did what I did is because I knew that I was in this neighborhood and this community for 40 years. And how could I just turn my back? Because mm. I know that I have people just coming in and giving me love and support and telling me, Tony, you need anything? I have people sometimes just bringing me and my staff lunch. They would say, Tony, this is for you. You know, flowers. Easter morning, they saw us working. One of my customers sent me a bouquet of flowers just to cheer me up, my favorite flowers. Like, you know, this is a young girl just opened up a, a flower shop in the neighborhood and I and I clicked on. She could be my daughter. She probably could even be my granddaughter. And she already knows my favorite flower. And she sent it to the bakery on Easter Sunday to me to put it in the cafe. Because I know how sad I am to keep the cafe closed. But I, at this time, I have to keep it closed mm-hmm. to keep us safe. And just but put these, these flowers there, just cheer all us up. These are the stories that I have. And yes, this is what impacts me to do what I do. You know, I'm so glad that you shared that thought with us because with all that's been going on and sometimes there you hear about a lot of negativity and people fighting over politics and all sorts of stuff. And then I hear stories like this and it tells me that love, community, and family are all alive and well in Ridgewood yes. and beyond. Sometimes I always say to myself, there's time I've thought about it. I've thought about it and I, you know, but then you get tired and it goes in the back of your head. I always say, since the bakery is such a happy place, I want to have a, a family dinner at Rudy's in the evening. Cause somehow when you're at Rudy's, everything just, everything is so sweet and everything is just, I don't know, just, it's just as a different feeling. I have little children coming into the bakery and just love being here. They don't want to leave. Who would want to leave? <laughs> <laughs> just to smell it all his own. <laughs> wow. Uh, this is the last question I wanted to ask you. And that is, again, this could be a challenging one as well, but Tony, what do you want your legacy to be? My legacy, what I want. I, I just want everybody when they think about the bakery and me, think of uh, two things, passion, a passion person, a lovable person, a crazy person, <laughs> I am. And when they talk about me and my bakery, I want them to just be happy. Wow. Tony, that's beautiful. And I know just from when my wife talks about Rudy's uh, from way, way, way back, it makes her happy and uh, sometimes makes her cry. That's what this bakery does to me. Wow. Makes me happy at the same time, it makes me sad. Before I came on to talk to you, I told my pastry chef, I'm gonna be going to, the, to my office. If any calls, you take over. So I was telling a little bit about this and she just said one thing to me and it hit me. And then I said, I said, when I, when I come back up, we have to continue this. Now my pastry chef has been with me. 
We have known each other for 20 years. We just celebrated our 20 years. She came to work. I mean, she started working for my uncle, but then she left and she came back and she said, Tony, you're too hard on yourself. Cause I said to her, I'm going to be gone probably for half an hour, an hour. Watch out, take phone calls, look in the front. Like in other words, I'm not there. I can't get there. Make sure the big. And she's like, Tony, you are so hard on yourself. People love you and let this, let it go. Just let it go. Go enjoy your interview. Just go downstairs, get a cup of coffee and just go. You are too hard on yourself. You don't realize how much people love you. Oh, see, this is somebody who's known you 20 years. So, you know, well, she knows me better. She knows me because she sees me every single day. And she's, she says, you're crazy. You're crazy. Let it go. <laughs> That's what she tells me. That's wonderful. You know, Tony, I was so thrilled when my wife, Kelly, had told me that she had arranged to speak with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was happy for her because uh, Rudy's brings back such fond memories. I was happy because, by the way, those gingerbread Santas are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and when I spoke with you a few weeks ago, I just sensed so much passion in you as a business person, as a family member, you, you loved your uncle, you love your uncle's legacy, but uh, most of all is the love you have for your community. And the community is going through a tough time. And so, so has Rudy's, but you've sort of come together and shown love and respect for each other. And I think that's just terrific and a terrific story that I've had the privilege to tell. Well, thank you. And thank you for inviting me. And thank you for bringing me down the memory lane. Oh, you bet. And one last thing is I do want you to share your website. If you could say that to our listeners and also your address so people can come in and enjoy Rudy's atmosphere and food. So we are Rudy's Bakery and Cafe. The address is 905 Seneca Avenue. That's in Ridgewood, New York, 11385. And you can find us at Rudy's Bakery and Cafe at Gmail is my email. So Tony, what is your webpage? It's rudysbakeryandcafe.com. Perfect. So I highly recommend Rudy's if you want to get some real sense of family and some terrific baked goods. I recommend Rudy's highly. And Tony, this has been a wonderful time. And thank you so much. And have a great day. Thank you. The same to you. It was a pleasure talking to you. (laughs) Bye-bye. So, for all of our listeners, keep discovering and telling stories that inspire you and others. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Your History, Your Story. Please subscribe, share, and check out our website at yourhistoryyourstory.com for episode notes and bonus content. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, comments, or a story to tell. Be well, and God bless.